Title, Foundation. Foundation and Empire, Second Foundation. Author, Isaac Asimov. Part number three. Part title, The Merchant Princes. Encyclopedia Galactica, 116th edition. Entry, The Traders. Constantly in advance of the political hegemony of the Foundation were the traders, reaching out for tenuous finger holes through the tremendous distances of the periphery. Through it all, they forged an empire more enduring than the pseudo-religious despotism of the Four Kingdoms. With psycho-historical inevitability, the economic control of the Foundation grew. The traders grew rich, and with riches came power. It is sometimes forgotten that Hober Mallow began life as an ordinary trader, it is never forgotten that he ended it as the first of the merchant princes. It's something of a puzzle. In fact, and this is in the strictest confidence, it may be another of Harley Selden's crises. I don't know about that, Soot. As a general rule, politicians start shouting Selden crisis at every mayoralty campaign. I'm not campaigning, Mallow. We are facing atomic weapons, and we don't know where they're coming from. Well, go on, if you have more to say, say it. Very well. Have a look at this star chart. That over there is the Karelian Republic. Now, three trade ships, inviolate under the Convention, have disappeared within the territory of the Republic in the last year. And those ships were armed with all the nuclear explosives and force field defences. What was the last thing heard from the ship? Routine reports, nothing else. What did Corel say? There was no way of asking. The Foundation's greatest asset throughout the periphery is its reputation for power. Do you think we can lose three ships and ask for them back? <laughs> no, I see that. Well, three ships lost in the same sector in the same year cannot be coincidence. And atomic power can only be conquered by more atomic power. Mm. The question automatically arises, if Corel has atomic weapons, where is it getting them from? And where is it? Two alternatives. Either the Corellians themselves have constructed them. Far-fetched. Very. But the other possibility is that we are being afflicted with a case of treason. Do you think so? Oh, there's nothing miraculous about the possibility. Since the Four Kingdoms accepted the Foundation Convention, we've had to deal with considerable groups of dissident populations in each nation. I see, but what do you want with me? You're a Sminian. You know the Outlanders. You're a trader and one of the best. You've been to Corel and know the Corellians. And that's where you've got to go. As a spy? Not at all. As a trader. But with your eyes open. I want you to find out where the power is coming from. When do I leave? When will your ship be ready? In six days. Then that's when you leave. <laughs> Such a small one, Manlio. It gets us nothing immediately. The whole business is the crudest sort of stratagem, since we have no way of foreseeing it to the end. True. And this Mallow is a capable man? If there is treachery, we need a capable man to detect the truth. And Mallow will be watched. Look, sir. What is worrying you? I'll tell you, Manlio. 
We are in the middle of a Selden crisis. How do you know? Reason it out. Since the Galactic Empire abandoned the periphery and threw us on our own, we have never had an opponent who possessed atomic power. Now, for the first time, we have one. That seems significant even if it stood by itself, and it doesn't. For the first time in over 70 years, we are facing a major domestic political crisis. I should think the synchronization of the two crises, inner and outer, puts it beyond all doubt. And you've uh, made your plans to meet this crisis? Yes. And am I to play a part in it? Yes. What? Before we meet the threat of foreign atomic power, you have got to put our house in order. Now, these traders are useful. But they are too strong and too uncontrolled. They are outlanders, educated apart from religion. On the one hand, we put knowledge into their hands, and on the other, we remove our strongest hold upon them. Now, the cure must come quickly, before the Selden crisis becomes acute. It is obviously your job. Mine? I can't do it. As the mayor's secretary, my office is appointed and has no legislative power. What about the mayor himself? Impossible. His personality is entirely negative. He is energetic only in avoiding responsibility. But, but, if an independent party arose that might endanger re-election... Ah. ...he might allow himself to be led. Yes, Twer, I have heard of your campaign to get direct trader representation on the council, but why me? I know what I'm doing. Do you remember when I met you last year at the Traders' Convention? Yes. Well, you ran that meeting, Mallow. You've got glamour. Or, at any rate, solid adventure publicity, which is the same thing. Very good, but why now? Because now the Actionist Party is splitting wide open. And we can finish it on a straight question of equal right for traders. No, I'm sorry, Twa. I'm leaving next week on business. You'll have to get someone else. Business? What kind of business? Very super secret. I had a talk with the mayor's own secretary. Soot! It's a trick. He's getting rid of you, Mallow. If it's a trick, I'll be back someday for the reckoning. If it isn't, Soot is playing into our hands. Now listen, there's a Selden crisis coming up. What's a Selden and... crisis? <laughs> what did you do when you went to school? All right. If you'll just explain. I'll explain. The future course of the foundation was plotted according to Harry Selden's science of psychohistory and conditions arranged so as to bring about a series of crises that would force us most rapidly along the route to future empire. Each Selden crisis marks an epoch in our history. We're approaching one now, our third. Of course. I should have remembered. Good. And I am being sent into the middle of the development of this crisis. There's no telling what I'll have when I come back, and there is a council election every year. Are you on the track of something? No. Any definite plans? Not the faintest inkling of one. We must improvise. I tell you what. How about coming with me? Coming? You were a trader before you decided there was more excitement in politics. Or so I've heard. Where are you going? I can't say until we're out in space. Well? Suppose Soot wants me where he can see me. Not likely. If he's anxious to get rid of me, why not you as well? All right, I'll go. <laughs> it will be my first trip in three years. Good. You know where the Far Star docks, don't you? Yes. Then I'll see you there tomorrow. 
trading here. You might call this virgin territory. Mallow, we've been here a week and done nothing at all. The local government won't grant us an audience. There's a guard around the field and there's ships overhead. Suppose they're getting ready to blow us into a hole in the ground. They've had the week to do that. Maybe they're waiting for reinforcements. We're all waiting. They don't know what I'm doing here, and I don't know what they've got here. But I'm in a weaker position because I'm one, and they're an entire world, maybe with atomic power. I can't afford to be the one to weaken. All right. Certainly it's dangerous. Certainly there may be a hole in the ground waiting for us, but we knew that from the start. What else is there to do? I don't... Yes, Sergeant... Pardon, sir. The men have given entry to a foundation missionary. Oh, what? A missionary, sir. He's in need of hospitalization. He won't be the only one in a few minutes, Sergeant. Order them into battle stations. Twer, get the officers together, except for the coordinators and the trajectory. Right. The men are to remain at stations until further orders. <coughs> man in without orders from me. Pardon, sir. It was no definite person. It was a sort of mutual agreement. He was one of us, as you might say, and these foreigners, well, I'm afraid... These men, were they under your command? Yes, sir. When this is over, they are to be confined to individual quarters for a week. You yourself are relieved of all supervisory duties for a similar period. Understood? Yes, sir. And now, get back to your gun stations. Very good, sir. Why the punishment, Mallow? You know the Karelians kill captured missionaries. Where is this missionary? Get him in here. Yes, sir. An action against my orders is bad in itself, whatever reasons there may be in its favor. No one was to leave or enter the ship without permission. What's your name? Your name, revered one. My son, my children. May you always be in the protecting arms of the galactic spirit. The man's sick, Mallow. Order him to bed and let him have attention. Don't interfere, Twer, or I'll have you out of the room. Your name, revered one. I am George Palmer of the Anacreonian Worlds. Educated at the Foundation. The Foundation itself, my children. As you are children of the spirit, protect me. Enemy units in sight. Maintain vigil. That is all. Someone turn on the televisor. Very good, sir. There's thousands of them. Lieutenant Tinter, get the outer speaker working and find out what they want. Ask if they have a representative of the law with them. Yes, sir. Mallow, you're bound to hold on to this man. He's off the foundation and he's a priest. Those savages outside. Do you hear me? I hear you, Twer. I've got more to do here than to guard missionaries. I'll do, sir, what I please. And if you try to stop me, I'll throttle you. Are you... Revered Palmer. My son. Did you know that by convention, no Foundation missionary may enter Corellian territory? I can go but where the spirit leads, my son. If the darkened ones refuse enlightenment, is it not the greatest sign of their need for it? That's outside the question. You are here against the law of both Corell and the Foundation. I cannot in law protect you. You hear them? What do you call of law to me? A law made by man, but a higher law. Was it not the galactic spirit that said, even as thou dealest with the humble and defenseless, thus shalt thou be dealt with? Sir. Yes, Lieutenant. Sir, they demand the person of George Palmer. And if not? There are various threats, sir. It's difficult to make much out. There's someone who says he governs the district and has police powers, but he's quite evidently not his own master. A master or not, he is the law. Tell them that if he approaches the ship alone, he can have the revered George Palmer. <laughs> 
Quiet! I don't know what insubordination is. I have never had any experience with it. But if there's anyone here who thinks he can teach me, I'd like to teach him my antidote in return. All right, send him out. Cursed be the traitor who abandons his fellow man to evil and death. Seven be the ears of the death and the bleeding of the helpless. Disperse to respective stations. Maintain full vigil for six hours after dispersal of crowd. Double stations for 48 hours thereafter. Further instructions at that time. Twer, come with me. Sit down, Twer. Your three years in politics seem to have got you out of trader habits. You have no official position. You're here on my invitation, and I'll extend you every courtesy in private. But in the presence of my officers and men, I am Sir and not Mallow. And when I give an order, you'll jump faster than a third-class recruit, or I'll have you in irons, understand? My apologies. Accepted. It's just that it's difficult to send a man out to be lynched. That governor can't save him. It's murder. Really? Didn't you notice anything? Notice what? This spaceport is deep in the middle of a sleepy far section. Suddenly a missionary escapes. Where from? He comes here. Coincidence? A huge crowd gathers. From where? The nearest city of any size must be at least a hundred kilometers away. But they arrive in half an hour. How? What if the missionary were brought here and released as bait? Our friend revered Palmer was considerably confused. He seemed at no time to be in complete possession of his wits. Yes? Sir, communication received. Submitted immediately. Palmer was here against the laws of Corell and the Foundation. If I'd withheld him, it would have been an act of war against Corell, and the Foundation would have had no legal right to defend him. Good theory. Where's the proof? Half an hour after we hand back the missionary, we finally get a very polite invitation to the Condor's august presence after seven days of previous waiting. I think that's proof enough. There is no ostentation here, Trader Mallow. In me, you see merely the first citizen of the state. And that's what Comdor means. And that's the only title I have. It is fortunate that I have you to deal with then, Comdor. The despots and monarchs of surrounding worlds, which haven't the benefit of enlightened administration, often lack the qualities that make a ruler well-beloved, as I believe you are called by your uh, fellow citizens. Thank you. But to which qualities did you refer? Your concern for the best interests of your people. Up to now, trade between our two nations has suffered because of the restrictions placed upon our traders by your government. Surely it has long been evident to you that unlimited trade... Free trade. Yes, free trade, then. Well, surely you must see that it would be of mutual benefit. There are things that you have that we want and things that we have that you want. But your people have always been so unreasonable. Oh. I am in favor of all the trade our economy can support but not on your terms. I am not sole master here. I am only the servant of public opinion, and my people would not accept a commerce which sparkled in crimson and gold. A compulsory religion. So it has always been, in effect. 
None of what you speak is at all what I suggest. No. No, I am a master trader. Money is my religion. All this mysticism and hocus-pocus of the missionaries annoys me. <laughs> well said. The Foundation should have sent a man of your caliber before. But you've only told me half. You've told me what the catch is not. Now tell me what it is. The only catch, Condor, is that you are going to be burdened with an immense quantity of riches. Indeed. And what would I want with rich? The true wealth is the love of one's people. And I have that. You could have both. But it is possible to gather gold with one hand and love with the other. Now, that would be an interesting phenomenon. How would you go about it? Oh, in a number of ways. The difficulty is choosing amongst them. Uh, let's see. Well, luxury items, for instance. Uh, this object here now. Uh, what is it? Can you fetch me a girl? Any young female will do. And a full-length mirror. Hmm. Uh, let's go indoors. <laughs> Now, just fasten this chain around your waist. Well, is that all? Will you close the shutters, Commodore? Ah. Now, young lady, there's a small switch here just by the clasp. Will you move it upwards, please? Go ahead, it won't hurt you. Oh. It's amazing. Astounding. Isn't it? Though the aurora borealis had been torn out of the sky and moulded into a cloak. How poetic, Condor. Turn it off now, my dear. Push the switch down gently. It's yours, Condor. A gift for the Condor. Uh, take it to her, my dear. My lord. How is it done? That's a question for our technical experts. But it will work for you without priestly help. But what could you do with it? Where does the money come in? You have receptions, banquets, that sort of thing. Yes. Do you realize what women will pay for that sort of jewelry? A fortune. Ah. And since the power unit of this particular item will not last longer than six months, there will be the necessity of frequent replacements. Now, we can sell as many of these as you want for the equivalent in wrought iron of 1,000 credits. You should be able to make about 900% profit on the deal. I see. And that's not all. We have a complete range of household goods, almost anything you like. Think of your increased popularity if you make them available to the public. Think of your increased quantity of uh, worldly goods if they're available through a government monopoly with 900% profit. It'll be worth many times the money to the people, and they needn't know what you pay for it. Everybody will be happy. Except you. What do you get out of it? Just what every trader gets by foundation law. Half of whatever profits we take in. What did you say you wanted to be paid in? Iron? That and coal and bauxite and oh, nothing you haven't already got enough of. Sounds well. I think so. Oh, and still another item at random, Commodore. I could retool your factories. Mm. Well, take your steel foundries. I have handy little gadgets that could cut costs to 1% of previous marks. 
I could show you exactly what I mean if you'd allow me a demonstration. You do have a steel foundry in this city. It wouldn't take long. It could be arranged, Fredomaro, but tomorrow? <coughs> tomorrow. But would you dine with us tonight? Thank you. A symbolic, friendly union of our nations. It will give us a chance for further friendly discussion. Mallow, there's trouble, isn't there? Trouble? No, quite the opposite. In fact, I'm in the position of throwing my full weight against a door and finding it was already open. We're getting into this steel foundry too easily. You suspect a trap? Don't be melodramatic. It's just that the easy entrance means that there will be nothing to see. No atomic power. Mm. We've seen no evidence of it so far, and it would be pretty hard to mask all signs of the widespread effect it would have. Not if it was just starting up and being applied to a war economy. Then you'd find it in the shipyards and the steel foundries only. So if we don't find it there... Then they haven't got it. Or they're deliberately not showing it. Take your pick. Ah, as I said, the instrument is dangerous, but so is a buzzsaw. You just have to keep your fingers away. Just one more demonstration. Uh, may I have those two short lengths of piping? Thank you. Now, test that pipe. It's one piece now. Not perfect, naturally. The joining shouldn't be done by hand. Twer, look. What? The blasters the guards are wearing. They're atomic. I know that, but look at the symbol on the butts. The spaceship and sun. Well? The spaceship and sun is the symbol of the Empire, Twer. Here in the periphery, after a century and a half, the Empire is emerging again. captain of the Far Star until I return, or forever. Very good, sir. This envelope contains the exact coordinates where you will wait for me for two months. If before the two months are up, the Foundation locates you, this microfilm is my report of the trip. If, however, I do not return at the end of two months, and Foundation vessels do not locate you, return to Terminus and hand in this time capsule as the report. Do you understand that? Yes, sir. At no time are you or any of the men to amplify in any single instance my official report. If we are questioned, sir. Then you know nothing. Yes, sir. Is my lifeboat ready? Yes, sir. Good. Then I'll be away in ten minutes. to keep it closed. Do you wish anything of me? Yes. May I sit? If the chairs will hold you. Thank you. My name is Hoba Mallow. I am Onumba, and one-time partition of the Empire. Then this is Suwana. What? I had only old maps to guide me. They must have been old indeed for star positions to be misplaced. All I really need are directions to the center of government. Do you mean the capital of the planet or the capital of the imperial sector? Are they the same? Didn't you say that this was Suena? Suena, yes. But Suena is no longer the capital of the Noanic sector. 
Is the new capital far off? It's on Osho too. Twenty parsecs off. Your map will direct you if it's not too old. Well, 150 years. That old? History has been crowded since then. Do you know any of it? I'm afraid I don't. You're fortunate. Oh? It's been an evil time for the provinces. Ruin and rebellion. You sound as if the province were impoverished. Compared to the wealth of the last century, we have gone a long way downhill. But why are you so interested in that, young man? I'm a trader out here. I found some old maps and I'm out to open new markets. Naturally, talk of impoverished planets disturbs me. Are you a trader? You look more like a fighting man. There is a scar on your jawbone. There isn't much law where I come from. Fighting and scars are part of a trader's overheads. Now, will I find enough money here to make it worth my while? I take it I can find the fighting easily enough. Easily enough. You could join our present gracious viceroy. Gracious by right of murder, pillage, and rapine. That's not very friendly to the viceroy, Patrician Var. Supposing I'm one of his spies. What if you are? What can you take? Your life? It would leave me easily enough. It had been with me five years too long. When Suena was the provincial capital, I was a patrician and member of the provincial senate. My family was an old and honored one. One of my great-grandfathers had been... No, never mind that. Past glories are poor feeding. I take it there was a civil war or revolution. Civil wars are chronic in these degenerate days. Our last viceroy aimed at the imperial purple... He wasn't the first to aim, and if he'd succeeded, he wouldn't have been the first to succeed, but he failed. For, as the Emperor's Admiral approached the province to subdue him, we rebelled. The Viceroy was driven out, and the planet, and with it the province, were thrown open to the Admiral with every gesture of loyalty. But he wanted the glory of conquering a rebellious province. So, while the people were still gathered in every large city, cheering the Emperor and the Empire... He occupied all armed centers and ordered the population put to the atom blast. On what pretext? On the pretext that they had rebelled against their viceroy, the emperor's anointed. And the admiral became the new viceroy by virtue of one month of massacre, pillage and complete horror. I had six sons. Five died variously. I had a daughter. I hope she died, too. I escaped because I was old. I came here. They left me nothing because I had helped to drive out a rebellious viceroy and deprived an admiral of his glory. What of your sixth son? He is safe. He has joined the viceroy under an assumed name. He's a gunner in his personal fleet. He visits me when he can and gives me what he can. He keeps me alive. And someday, our great and glorious Viceroy will grovel to his death. And it will be my son who will be his executioner. And you tell this to a stranger. You endanger your son. No. I help him by introducing a new enemy. No danger ever threatened us from the broken edge of the galaxy... Until you came. I? Oh, I'm no danger. There will be more after you. I knew you when you entered. 
You have a force shield about your body, or had when I first saw you. Yes, I had. I was a scholar, and I know that in all the history of atomics, no portable force shield was ever invented. We do have force shields, huge, lumbering powerhouses that will protect a ship or even a city, but not one single man. I say nothing, but I would like to ask you something. Does Suena possess atomic power? I know it possesses the knowledge of atomics, but are its power generators intact, or did the recent sack destroy them? Destroy them? No, no. Half a planet would be wiped out before the smallest power station would be touched. They are irreplaceable, and the suppliers of the strength of the fleet. We have the largest and best on this side of Tranter itself. What would I do if I wanted to see one of these generators? Nothing. You couldn't approach any military center without being shot down instantly. You mean all the power stations are under the military? Oh, there are small city stations. The ones supplying power for heating and lighting and powering vehicles and so forth. They are controlled by the tech. Who are they? Well, a special group which supervises the power plants. The honor is hereditary. I see. I don't say that there aren't cases where tech men have been bribed. But it would require a great deal of money, and I have none. Have you? Money? No. But does one always bribe with money? Now, my man, quickly. I've got work to do. You seem a stranger. I am not of the neighborhood, but that is irrelevant. I had the honor to send you a little gift yesterday. I received it. An interesting little trifle. I may have a use for it on occasion. I have other and more interesting gifts, quite out of the trifle stage. Oh, I think I see the course of the interview. It's happened before. You're going to give me a few credits, a cloak, second-hand jewelry, anything your little soul may consider sufficient to bribe a tech man. And I know what you want in exchange. You wish to be adopted into our clan. You wish to be taught the mysteries of atomics. Oh, do you think that I would betray my trust? The Suanese traitors that preceded me, perhaps. But you're dealing with a different breed now. Oh, I'm surprised that I don't kill you myself. Now, with my bare hands. You are wrong on three counts. First, I am not one of the Viceroy's spies come to test your loyalty. Second, my gift is something the Emperor himself, in all his splendor, does not and will never possess. And third, what I require in return is very little, a nothing, a mere breath. Something the Emperor doesn't have. I have waited three days to see you, Your Wisdom, but the display will take only three seconds. If you will draw your blaster and shoot me, I should be obliged. What? If I am killed, you can tell the police that I tried to bribe you into betraying state secrets. If I am not killed, you may have my shield. Does the Emperor have a personal force shield? You can have one. Where did you get that? What do you care? Do you want it? There it is. Is it complete? Complete. Ah, and what if I shoot you now and keep the shield? Do you think I gave you my only sample? 
And what is this nothing that you require in return? I want to see the generators. You realize that it is forbidden? I merely want to see them. And if I refuse? You have your shield, but I have a blaster especially designed to pierce that shield. Very well. All these generators are in your hands? Every one. And you keep them running and in order? Right. And if they break down? They don't break down. They were built for eternity. Eternity is a long time. But just suppose, suppose I were to fuse a vital connection or smash a quartz tube. You would be killed. Yes, I know that. But what about the generator? Could you repair it? Sir, you've seen what you asked for. Now leave. I owe you nothing more. film and the time capsule. I'm glad you didn't need to turn them over to Terminus. I'm just glad to turn over command of the ship to you again, sir. Good. Set course for the Foundation. You must be glad to be back home, Lalo. I am, Gile, I am. You've been working for a long time. You must need a rest. Maybe I do, but I'd rather rest in a council seat. <laughs> I'm going to have that seat, Gile, and you're going to help me. Ah. You don't think much of my chances, do you? Well, frankly, no. Terrain Soot is the cleverest politician on the planet, and he'll be against you. And he fights hard and dirty. I've got money. That helps, but it'll take a lot. I'll have a lot. Well, I'll do what I can, but don't say that I encouraged you. Jurain Soot to see you, sir. Oh, very well. Show him in. Quick, Giles, into the next room and turn the speaker down to low. I want you to listen. All right. Sit down, Soot. Thank you. Now then. If you'll state your terms to begin with, we'll get straight to business. Terms? You wish to be coaxed. Well, then, what did you do on Corel? You have my report. It was incomplete. You were satisfied with it at the time. Yes, but since then, your activities have been significant. We know what you're doing, Mallow. We know how many factories you're putting up in what a hurry you're doing it and how much it's costing you. And this palace you have, which sets you back considerably more than my annual salary. So, beyond proving that you have capable spies, what else does it prove? It proves that you have money you didn't have a year ago. Where are you getting it? My dear Sutch, you can't really expect me to tell you. I don't. I didn't think you did. That's why I'm going to. It's straight from the treasure chests of the Commodore of Corel. What? Unfortunately for you, the money is quite legitimate. I am a master trader. And 50% of any profit is mined by hidebound contracts with the Foundation. The other half goes to the government at the end of the year when all good citizens pay their taxes. There was no mention of any trade agreement in your report. Nor was there any mention of what I had for breakfast or the name of my current mistress or any other irrelevant detail. 
I was sent, to quote yourself, to keep my eyes open. I followed orders. But beyond that, I was and still am a free agent. According to the laws of the Foundation, a master trader may open whatever new markets he can and receive therefrom half of the profits. It is the general custom of all traders to advance the religion of their trade. I adhere to law and not to custom. Look, Mano, this goes beyond money or markets. We have the science of the great Harry Selden to prove that upon us depends the future empire of the galaxy. And we cannot turn from the course that leads to the Imperium. And the all-important instrument towards that end is our religion. The primary reason for the development of trade and traders was to introduce and spread this religion more quickly. I know the theory. I understand it entirely. Do you? It's more than I expected. Then you understand, of course, that your attempt to trade for its own sake can only end with the overthrow and complete negation of the policy that has worked successfully for a century. And time enough, too, for a policy outdated, dangerous and impossible. However well your religion has succeeded in the Four Kingdoms, scarcely another world has accepted it. There isn't a ruler in the periphery that wouldn't sooner cut his throat than let a priest of the Foundation enter his territory. I don't propose to force Corell or any other world to accept something I know they don't want. If atomic power makes them dangerous, a sincere friendship through trade will be many times better than an insincere overlordship based on fear and hate. Very nicely put. So, to get back to the original point of the discussion, what are your terms? Can you offer me more than I'm getting at the moment? You could have three quarters of your trade profits rather than half. <laughs> The whole of the trade on your terms would fall far below a tenth share on mine. <laughs> Try harder than that. You could have a council seat. I shall have that anyway, without and despite you. You could also save yourself a prison term of 20 years. What's the charge? Murder. Murder? Whose? The murder of an Anacreonian priest in the service of the Foundation. Is that so? And what's your evidence? Mallow, I'm not bluffing. The preliminaries are over. I have only to sign one final paper and the case is begun. Now you have five seconds to prevent the punishment due to you. For myself, I'd rather you decided to bluff it out. You'd be safer as a destroyed enemy than as a doubtfully converted. Very well. It was the mayor who wished the preliminary attempt at compromise. Not I. Witness that I didn't try too hard. Well, Giles, what do you make of it? Well, it's my notion that his ultimate aims aren't spiritual. <laughs> I was fired from the cabinet for arguing on the same issue. And what do you think those unspiritual aims are? Well, suppose one ambitious man uses the force of religion against us rather than for us. You mean soot? That's right, I mean soot. Listen, if he could mobilize the various hierarchies on the subject planets against the foundation in the name of orthodoxy, what chance would we stand? As Harlan said, an atom blaster is a good weapon, but it can point both ways. 
All right, then, Giles. Get me in that council and I'll fight him. And win. Maybe not. What was all that about murdering a priest? It isn't true, is it? No, it's true enough. Oh, it's bad. Bad? What's bad about it? According to the Foundation's own laws, that priest was illegally on Corell. All I did was to hand him over. I know you've missed the point. Soot isn't out to convict you. He knows he can't do that. But if the people think that you threw a priest to the dogs, your popularity is gone and you'll never get elected to a council seat. So, I'll stand by you, but I can't help. You're on the spot. Dead center. <laughs> Have you got the recording? Here, take it. It's everything you ask for. Good. How are they taking it outside? There's lynch talk. And Publius Manlius men on the outer planets are all... I wanted to ask you about that, Giles. He's stirring up the hierarchy against me, isn't he? It's the sweetest setup you ever saw. As foreign secretary, he handles the prosecution in the case of interstellar law. As high priest of the church, he rouses the fanatics. Forget it. You remember that Hardin quote you threw at me last month about the atom blaster? Mm, yeah. Well, we'll show them that it can point both ways. Well, I only hope you're right. Sit here and watch the fun. Right. Be seated at the court. Over, Have you anything to say in your defence? Gentlemen, to save time, I will admit the truth of every point made against me by the prosecution. However, the picture they presented fell short of completion. I asked the privilege of supplying the completion in my own fashion. I begin at the same time as the prosecution, the day of my meetings with Jorain Sukt and Jaim Twer. The event of that day was strange. Consider. Firstly, Sukt secretary to the mayor, asked me to play the part of an intelligence agent for the government in a highly confidential matter. Secondly, Twer, a self-styled leader of a political party, asks me to run for a council seat. Now, what were their motives? Consider again, Twer presents himself as a trader, retired into politics, yet I know of no details of his trading career although my knowledge of the field is immense. And further, although Twer boasted of a lay education, he had never heard of a Selden crisis. Now, gentlemen, you all know there is only one type of education upon the Foundation that excludes all mention of the psycho-history of Selden and deals only with him as a semi-mystical wizard. I knew at that instant that Jaime Twer had never been a trader. I knew then that he was a fully-fledged priest and the bought man of Jorane Soot. I didn't know Soot's purposes with regard to myself, but since he seemed to be feeding me rope liberally, I handed him a few fathoms of my own. I invited Twer to come with me on my mission, and he accepted. That gentleman of the council explains two things. First, that Twer is not testifying against me reluctantly, as the prosecution would have you believe. He is a spy, performing his paid job. And second, it explains a certain action of mine when I interviewed the priest who I'm alleged to have murdered, an action as yet unmentioned because unknown. I got rid of Twer for a moment by sending him out for my offices. 
In his absence, I set up an audiovisual recorder so that whatever happened might be preserved for future study. With your permission, I am now going to show you a single moment from that record. For some strange reason, the prosecution has made no mention throughout these entire proceedings of the revered George Palmer. The prosecution has advanced no details concerning George Palmer because it cannot. There never was a George Palmer. Playback, please. I to question you are here against the law of both Corel and the Foundation. I cannot in law A fast run. <laughs> Slower. And... Stop. Run back slowly. Slowly. Stop. Now, focus in on Palmer's hand. Closer. Onto that bright spot. Fine. Now, gentlemen, I had flooded the control room in ultraviolet light. Those glowing letters, an admittedly naive method of secret identification, are invisible in ordinary light, but stand out in high relief under ultraviolet. Perhaps some of you have already guessed what KSP stands for. Where George Palmer learned his job, I cannot say. But KSP stands for Corellian Secret Police. I have collateral proof in the form of documents brought from Corell, which I can present to the council if required. And where now is the prosecution's case? They have already made the monstrous suggestion that I should have fought for the missionary in defense of the law and sacrificed my mission, my ship, and myself to the honor of the Foundation. But to do it for an imposter, would Jorain Soot and Publis Manlio have had me fall into such a stupid, odious trap? put on a beautiful show, so don't spoil it now. You can't seriously consider running for mayor. Mob enthusiasm is a powerful thing, but it's notoriously fickle. Exactly, so we must coddle it, and the best way to do that is to continue the show. Now what? You're to have Publis Manlio and Geraint Soot arrested. What? You heard, have them arrested. I control the mob, for today at any rate. On what charge? On the obvious one. They've been inciting the priesthood on the outer planets to take sides in the factional quarrels of the Foundation. Charge them with endangering the state. Just get them out of circulation till I'm mayor. But it's six months till election time. Not too long. Listen, I'd seize the government by force if I had to. There's still that Selden crisis coming up. And when it comes, I have to be both mayor and high priest. What's it going to be? Corel, after all? Of course. They'll declare war eventually. With atomic ships? What do you think? Those three merchant ships we lost in their sector weren't knocked out by compressed air pistols. They're getting ships from the Empire itself. Empire? It's still there, you know. It may be gone here in the periphery, but in the galactic center, it's still very much alive. I know, I went there. I saw that atomic plant. Anyway, I'm the only man who knows how to fight the crisis. Oh, what are you going to do? Nothing. What? I'm going to do nothing. 100% nothing. That is the secret of the crisis. <laughs> Yeah.
My gracious lord has finally come to a decision upon the fate of the Foundation upstarts. Indeed. And what more does your versatile understanding embrace? Enough, my noble husband. You've had another of your endless consultations with your counselors. And who is the excellent source from which your understanding understands all this? What does it matter? Why don't you attack now? One ship from the Empire would be enough to blast their planet to rubble, and I know you have five. I couldn't attack that planet even with a dust. And how long would their planet hold out with their trade ruined and their cargoes of toys and trash destroyed? Those toys and trash mean money. A good deal of money. But if you had the foundation, you would have all it contained. It's been three years since that barbarian came with his magic sideshow. It's long enough. I lack the resilience to withstand your rattling mouth. You say you know I have decided. Well, I have. There is war between Corel and the Foundation. I'll give you your chance, Soot. I don't need you, but I can use you. So I'll tell you what it's all about, and then you can either join me and receive a place in a coalition cabinet, or you can play the martyr and rot in jail. You've tried that once before. Not very hard. The right time has only just come. Now listen. This is a Selden crisis we're facing, and Selden crises are not solved by individuals, but by historic forces. The solutions to the various crises must be achieved by the forces that become available to us at the time. In this case, trade. I hope that I'm not of subnormal intelligence. But the fact is that your vague lecture is not very illuminating. Then let us become very simple and specific. Corel is now at war with us. Consequently, our trade with her has stopped. But in the past three years, she has based her economy more and more upon the atomic techniques which we introduced and which only we can continue to supply. Now, what do you suppose will happen once the tiny atomic generators begin to fail? And one gadget after another goes out of commission. Hmm? The small household appliances will go first. After half a year of this stalemate, a woman's atomic knife won't work anymore. Her cooker begins to fail. Her washer doesn't do a good job. And is that what you're pinning your hopes on? A housewife's rebellion? A sudden uprising of butchers and grocers? No, of course I'm not. I expect, however, a general background of grumbling and dissatisfaction, which will be seized on by more important figures later on. And what more important figures are these? The manufacturers, factory owners and industrialists. After two years of stalemate, the machines in the factories will begin to fail. Those industries which we have changed to atomics will find themselves very suddenly ruined. The factories ran well enough before you went there, Mallow. Yes, Soot, so they did, at about one-twentieth of the profits. With the industrialist and the financier and the average man all against him, how long do you think the Commodore can last? As long as he pleases. As soon as it occurs to him to get new atomic generators from the Empire. <laughs> you missed everything, Zut, and understood nothing. Look, the Empire can replace nothing. The Empire has always been a realm of colossal resources. They've calculated everything in planets, in stellar systems, in whole sectors of the galaxy. Their generators are gigantic because they thought in gigantic fashion. 
Our generators have had to be the size of our thumb because it was all the metal we could afford. This whole war is a battle between those two systems, between the big and the little. To seize control of a world, they bribe with immense ships that can wage war, but lack all economic significance. We, on the other hand, bribe with little things useless in war, but vital to prosperity and profits. And it's still the little things in life that can't suit. And Asper won't be able to stand up against the economic depression that will sweep all Corel within two or three years. Oh, no. You are not the man. You still don't believe me. I don't trust you. There's nothing straight about you. No motive that hasn't another behind it. No statement that hasn't three meanings. You mean there'll be no compromise? I mean, you must get out. By free will or by force. I warned you of the only alternative to cooperation. And I warn you, Hobermallow of Smyrno, that if you arrest me, there'll be no quarter. My men will stop nowhere in spreading the truth about you. And the common people of the Foundation will unite against their foreign ruler. They have a consciousness of destiny that a Smenian can never understand. And that consciousness will destroy you. Well, now that you've made a martyr for the cause, what next? It was not the soot I used to know. He's completely blinded by hatred for me. All the more dangerous, then. Dangerous? Nonsense. He's lost all power of judgment. <laughs> You're overconfident, Matter. You're ignoring the possibility of a popular rebellion. Once and for all, Giles, there is no possibility of a popular rebellion. <laughs> You're sure of yourself. I'm sure of the Selden crisis and the historical validity of its solutions, externally and internally. To paraphrase that famous Salvor Hardin quote of yours, it's a poor atom blaster that won't point both ways. <laughs> if Corel prospered with our trade, so did we. If Corellian factories fail without our trade, so will our factories fail and our prosperity vanish. And there isn't a factory, not a trading center, not a shipping line that isn't under my control. That I couldn't squeeze to nothing if Soot attempts revolutionary propaganda. So, by the same reasoning which makes me sure that the Corellians will revolt in favor of prosperity, I am sure that we will not revolt against it. The game will be played out to the end. So you're establishing a plutocracy. You're making us a land of traders and merchant princes. Then what of the future? What business of mine is the future? No doubt Selden has foreseen it and prepared against it. There will be other crises in the time to come when the power of money has become as dead a force as the power of religion is now. Let my successors solve those new problems as I have solved the one of today. Encyclopedia Galactica, 116th edition, entry, Corel. After three years of a war, which was certainly the most unfought war on record, 
the Republic of Corel surrendered unconditionally. Hober Mello took his place next to Hari Seldon and Salvo Hardin in the hearts of the people of the Foundation. Title, Foundation. Foundation and Empire, Second Foundation. Author, Isaac Asimov. Audio adaptation, Patrick Tower. Part number three, part title, The Merchant Princes. Over Mallow, Julian Glover, Jerome Soot, Anthony Jackson, Angkor Jaya, Peter Williams, Commodore Asper, Fraser Carr, Giant Twer, Robin Brown, Lysia, Gail McFarlane, Onumba, Douglas Blackwell, Tech Man, David Goodison, Encyclopedic Readout, David Valor, Producer, David Kane, Location, BBC Radiophonic Workshop.